Welcome, welcome, and welcome to another edition of The Savage Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Alfonso Todd, and you're here with me right here on Spotify on Prolific Radio Podcast. We appreciate you joining us. Today, we have a great treat. We have a writer. She's an audiobook narrator. She's also an aspiring plus-size model, and more importantly, she is the CEO of Blackmore Publications. She's doing a lot of great things, and without further ado, let me introduce you to a lovely woman, a lovely lady, Cornelia Blackmore. Hey, Cornelia, how you doing? Hi, honey, I'm good. How are you? I can't complain. <laughs> First of all, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. I know you have a busy schedule, so thank you very much. No, baby, thank you. I appreciate you for letting me on the show. Really, mm-hmm. this is awesome. Oh, no problem. No problem. Uh, now, I know, you know, you, you're doing, you're an author, and this is one of the reasons why I really wanted to get you out here. We've been talking a little bit before we came on the show, and I, I just wanted, you know, just to get your insight on a lot of things. But before we get into that, yeah. I wanted to find out what inspired you to get into the uh, profession of the written word. Uh that's going to be a lovely, lovely story, which I will tell you awesome. and the, rest, the rest of the world to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Believe it or not, um, it was actually, I, I found my love of writing in reading because um, every writer starts out as a reader first. Yes, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was when, let's see, I was homeless at 14 hmm. with me and my family. Um, my mom, she is disabled. My dad wasn't working at the time. Series of unfortunate events, I know. Right. At the time, I um I would sit in the libraries and I would just read for hours on end, and it's that that person that I write for every day. I, I write for that person that is looking for an escape, that's looking to deal with their the hell of their reality, basically. And I kind of always had a had a thing for writing because for me at the time it was my form of therapy, and it still is. <clears throat> and that's basically like what inspires me to write. I, I have a message for the world. I need to change the narrative. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, and when, when you yeah, when you talk about the narrative, you mean the narrative when it comes to? I guess I guess you could say the collective consensus as far as like what is considered normal or what's considered the standard, if you will. Um, for example, if I, you know, if I put myself on a book cover, you're not going to see a model like me on book covers because one, I'm a woman of color. Hmm. Two, I'm a plus size model. You don't see plus size women on book covers. That, that's what I mean when I say that I'm changing the narrative because I'm representing minorities hmm. in every aspect of the industry, whether it be book covers as a model, whether it be plus size models, because I'm not going up against skinny women anymore. That, that's what I mean where I say that I'm changing the narrative. It's the same mm. thing with my book. I now, want to put people of color on the map. Ah, okay. I like that. I like that. Now, mm-hmm. since you've been writing and, you know, you were, you said you started, I guess you said 14, correct? That is correct, yeah. Okay. Um, what was your style of writing back then and has it evolved through the years? So much so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much so. Every... And again, I, I don't ever want to have anybody feel like, oh, because I'm a new writer, it's trash. No, no one's writing is 
matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to say this, and this is what I call it. Every writer's first draft, I call it the shitty, shitty first draft. I've actually said that <laughs> yes. on my podcast. No, not a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's Sorry. awesome. But but you're right, though. You're right. I, I agree with you. Now, now but I mean, as a, a do you have a process, though? I do, and my process is, is too damn long. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay. Well, well no, no, no. But I'm, I'm just saying, because I know we have a lot of aspiring writers, and I was just trying to, like, figure out, you know, what would you tell, I guess, any of the young aspiring authors? Because it seemed like in the 80s and 90s, um, people, and when I say people, the people I know, African Americans, you know, we, we started coming out ever since, like, The Color Purple and People started seeing, I mean, it just like, there was an explosion. Now, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. There, there, there have always been black writers like James Baldwin. Um, yes. You know, there have always been Dick Gregory. Um, you know, um, I mean, uh, even though, you know, I mean, there have been black writers for years, but it just seemed like uh, Alice Walker, she blew up, you know, with things like yeah. that. Um, you know, all, a lot of other women, black women who, um, who basically, they became authors and their writings just went off and then came a lot of different genres. Like we made our own genres. What, you know, what, you know, what, well, I'm just saying, what, what, what was inspiring to you? What did you read a book that said, Hey, I, you know, this, this is, you know, this is where I want to go. I want to be familiar with this. This person is my idol or what, what was it for you? To be honest, it was just my form of therapy at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never really had aspirations to be a writer. In fact, I actually did a whole lot of other things <laughs> that was totally separate from writing. Okay. Like, yes, I did. And it, every time, every aspect, every every failure that I had in life, it always brought me back to writing. Hmm. Okay. It always did. So it was like, even if I wanted to do something else, I just kind of said, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Mm. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it always came back to the pen. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It, just, it always came back to the pen. And my my passion for it, I didn't I didn't really find my passion for it, I, I want to say back in 2019, uh, when I first started writing. I would write in third person. Um, and every writer, every new writer is kind of guilty of doing this. And that's not, not a knock on anybody because I started out the same way. I could not write first person. When I use the term third and first person is, is a difference. Third person is he, she, they. First person is I, me, my. I could not write first person to save my life. In fact, I couldn't even read it two years ago. Mm. And now it's the only perspective that I feel strong writing it I, I haven't gone back to third person since i actually figured it out oh, oh. Right first person. nice <laughs> is there are there any do you have a favorite author or authors i can tell you because i'm, I'm old and, and a little out of touch <laughs> <laughs> seriously i don't have a tv in my room i i don't i don't have a tv in my room and i just this, this is my writing cave i live in my writing cave <laughs> okay keep the mind clear um, and original yeah. Yes. Nice. So for me, the book, the the kind of like my first big girl book series, if you will, um, was his Dark Materials by Philip Pullman, The Golden Compass. Love that series. I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I read that series. I binged it. Mm, okay. <laughs> I did. I binged it. And it was that story for me where I was like, this is my big, you know, first big girl book series. And I was just like, man, 
as I was reading it, I wasn't sitting in the backseat of my car. I was legit with this girl while she's traveling to wherever the hell she was going to wow. at the time. <laughs> nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so and that and that, and that is that what inspired you to go I mean, you know, from there when you when you saw the magic of being taken to another location, uh you wanted some of that magic to be able to do that for others. But I will tell you the other aspect. Cornelia Blackmore would not exist until it was the day that I read this webtoon by June Purr. I would love to have some artwork by her. The, the, the webtoon that I'm referring to that this particular artist, is, and again, she's, a, she's a, a graphic designer, like a comic artist, basically. So she draws mm. her, um, her. So it's kind of like a, like a graphic novel. Her graphic novel that I read was Sub-Zero. Hmm. I loved the I loved the concept of the story where mm-hmm. you know you had dragons you had like all these really cool things and my immediate thought when I was like maybe into the I don't know like maybe tenth or eleventh chapter and I was like I wonder if it was black people owning dragons <laughs> oh that's something to think about I swear that's it that was it that was what spurred Cornelia Blackmore I would not have been, I would not exist <laughs> hmm, that's interesting <laughs> if it wasn't for me reading that webtoon that day wow that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny because whenever I look at a TV show, I always say the same thing. We're the black people. <laughs> and I, I, I always felt guilty. When I was younger, I didn't care. Now I'm older, I feel kind of guilty. I said, maybe am I wrong for asking that? I like, you know, I mean, you know, I, I saw certain shows, you know, on, on one side you had living single, then you had other one, you had friends, but at least on living single, I saw white people. <laughs> I said, on friends, you, you, you're in the middle of New York, one of the most diverse cities in the world. I think they had like two. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I was telling you, I immediately thought Khaleesi from Game of Thrones, and I said, "What if that was a black princess?" Interesting. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. So like the concept for the whole series. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And that actually puts a nice little spin. You start thinking about certain things. Yes, indeed. It, it, that it adds <laughs> a layer to it. So now, when it comes to you know, here you are, fourteen. You're going through life. Um, now you're getting older, you know, 2019, and now all of a sudden you say, okay, I'm Cornelia Blackmore. Um, how did you get into the audiobook narration of, I mean, it's one thing to write. It's another thing to narrate. Mm-hmm. Funny story with that. Okay. <laughs> um so my family and I, we used to play video games, uh, PlayStation 1 video games to be exact. My favorite game, and if I was to ever meet this composer ever in life, I'm pretty sure I would lose my shit. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. This music saved my life. Right. Um, two composers, Yasunori Mitsuda and Nobu Imazu. They're basically composers for video games and stuff like that. So moving on. Back when it was play, uh, PlayStation 1 games, the one game that I played, loved to the core of me, is Chrono Cross. But my family and I used to sit around because, you know, most RPG games, they have, you know, really good storylines. My mom, she has really bad eyes. So she couldn't read the words that were on the screen. So as I was playing, I started reading those, you know, the dialogue and stuff out loud. And then eventually I just started giving them voices to make it more interesting so no one would be falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So wow. legit, that's actually my, again, that's how it started with me. Um, it was just because.
because I was narrating from my mom because she couldn't read the screen at the time. And again, all this stuff I picked up, I, I if you could have, if you would have told me at like 14, 15, would have been like, hey, this is what you're going to be. I'd be like, <laughs> wow. But yet here yeah. you are. Here you are. Uh huh. Oh, nice. <laughs> this is nice. Yeah. So, okay. So, and I like that. So, here you are, you know, now you've become a writer. You're now professionally doing audiobooks. Um, now, now, is there a difference between audiobooks, narration, and voiceovers? Yes and no. <coughs> mm-hmm. Well, I, you know what? I'm actually going to go, I'm, I'm going to go on a leap and say, yeah, it is kind of the same. For the simple facts. So for me, if I'm narrating like a male, right? Like how I'm talking to you, this is how I would narrate a female. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, if I wanted to narrate a dude, I would technically have to drop my voice the way it does. Does that make sense? Oh, so, yeah, nice. It's okay. technically voice acting in a sense. Nice. And that's what keeps the story interesting. So, yeah, I, I have the ability to do both. And yes, I love narrating men. <laughs> no, I like No, this is good. This is good. Have you, now have you, um, you know, have you ever counted how many voices you can do? Well, you know, listen, I haven't really tried this one just because, you know, I wasn't trying to offend nobody. (laughs) But that's why I said I tried. Uh, (laughs) I like that. (laughs) No, um, with that, I used to watch a lot of uh, Afternoon 2 with my dad. So he loved, like, all of them British, like, UK uh, TV shows. Oh, okay. I just sat and I would watch it with them and I picked up on the accident. So when people would ask me, like, you know, where are you from? Oh, I'm from here. What? <laughs> <laughs> Throws people for a loop every time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, no, it does. It does. Like I, was like, I thought she was from. I thought she was from New Jersey. <laughs> and you know, a lot. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of these musicians, these, these famous musicians, they go away for a year. They come back, and now now they're award show, and then they're talking like they've got a British accent or something. Like what? Who? What? I know, right? Like, wait, what? Yeah. That's that's, that's interesting. So, oh, and, and so, like, do you do you have to audition for these narration parts, or is your how is your reputation? Like, you, I know you have your own books, but now, mm-hmm. do you have your do you kind of, um, you know, when you hear about them having a book or anything? Because I'm sure, you know, you're you're known. Do you still have to audition, or do they say, hey, we we need the part of like this for this book, and you know. So basically how I got started in audiobook narration, and again, this was a total oops, okay? This was not intentional at all. My podcast show, there's this writing taboo that you no writer is ever supposed to break. And I just said, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Right. <laughs> Which is with everything I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so are you, now you, when you say break, you mean, are you talking about break the third, the fourth wall? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, okay. I like that. I like that. I'm just, I'm just, just so our listeners know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Um, never, ever, ever share the shitty, shitty first draft. Ever. Mm, never. <laughs> and I, I figured, well, if I can record myself reading my own work, then I can catch my errors that way. And I literally just put a mic to it. So that was the original concept of my podcast that was the original idea mm-hmm. was to do that for editing work but when i started posting it people were telling me a lot of the writers and stuff that i had come across they were like hey have you ever considered doing like narration for audiobooks and i was like i mean yeah but i don't think i'd be any good mm-hmm. <laughs> they were listening to the way that i narrated my work mm-hmm. and they were like sis you're really good and i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> let's try it out 
nice. It was because of that. Um, my first audiobook that I was contracted for, I love this girl. Death. I've been with her characters for just about the same amount of time for about two years. Hmm. Love her characters to death. <laughs> She gave me her audiobook, and again, like I said, life happens. She understands we're friends. It's okay. She gave me her book. It was called Ignite by Joy Chandler, which I will be at some point. I'll, I'll be getting back to that those projects in a minute because mm-hmm. I'm pretty swamped right now. Mm-hmm. But that was my very first audiobook, and I remember when I started recording, and I was just like, "Yeah, I could do this. This nice. is totally dope. Nice. <laughs> like I could do this. I can have fun with this." Nice. That's 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 awesome. It's it's almost like you're just you know as as rough as you say at the beginning of your life was. It seems like you started getting you know just kind of like experimenting and just going through different things and just discovering yourself and actually discovering careers. You know, out of the things you were doing, whether by accident or just you just raw talent and it's you know you're just figuring things out. That's awesome. I like how you're doing that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. yeah I was gonna say, most of the stuff that I picked up, I mean, even with, <clears throat> when I tell people I'm a one army, I'm quite literally a one woman army. <laughs> well, um, I like that. Yeah. One woman army. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Everything that I do and have done to this point has been stuff that I've picked up on, not just, you know, now, because I'm actively learning and I'm still learning, but most of what I've done through life. My sister and I, we, we had this one one laptop when we were homeless. That laptop saved my life then, too. Mm. <laughs> and um, we actually designed a video game. Oh. I, I did a lot of the coding. I did a lot of making sure that the character didn't move off of the map and shit like that. Mm-hmm. My sister, she was the creative one. So she did, you know, the pixel art, the designing, and, you know, the mini games and all of that stuff. And we both worked on the story together. Can I tell you, we worked on that one video game for three months. 10 minutes of gameplay taught me a big thing as far as what my talents are and what I'm good at. Mm. The same thing with website design. I taught myself HTML coding at 14. Mm. So it's just, like I said, all this stuff I just picked up on because it was my interest at the time. And I was thinking, well, if I pick this skill up, maybe I can use it for some type of career in the long run. <laughs> yeah. Or something I genuinely enjoyed doing at the time, right. not realizing I was going to be using all of those skills right now. <laughs> and yeah, and like, yeah. So, so, so basically, in hindsight, you were on the right path. You now you're able to actually put them to use right here. You know, mm-hmm. 10, 15, 20 years later. Awesome. I like that. Now, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, you, I, I'm, I'm telling people. I'm telling our listeners. If you all get a chance. Please go to Cornelia Blackmore, B-L-A-C-K-M-O-R-E. If you want to see how she looks, she's a very beautiful woman. You can see her on Facebook. Um, uh, And I'm just doing that to segue into this. You're an aspiring plus size model. Now, what was the action that got you into that? Because I know you said representation. You you want to, you know, you want to put yourself, women of color on on your books and everything. But that's one thing to do that. It's another thing to say, you want to aspire to be a plus size model, and which you do have a good look. You're a beautiful woman. I don't. I, I can. I think you can do it. But what? What is it that took you to the next level and said, "Hey, I can do this"? Funny story with that too. Again, I uh, I started modeling ten years ago. So I I had started modeling in my early twenties, and at the time when I started out, I I had always been a tomboy. I, I had always been a tomboy. Always got along with the boys all that stuff. So mm-hmm. for me to transition from being a tomboy into now I'm wearing heels and, 
you know, fashion and all this other stuff. I was learning about all these labels and everything. And without me realizing at the time, I was doing it to prove a point, not because that I actually believed in what I was doing. I can admit that. Mm-hmm. However, I didn't really find my true passion in it until it's, it's, I was able to connect the difference between fashion, what my role is in the fashion industry. Cause that's what modeling is. It's mostly, you know, fashion based. So I, I found my love of fashion by realizing when you wear certain types of clothing, how it makes you feel. Mm. And to me, in my experience, every article of clothing back then, maybe 10 years or so ago, every article of clothing that I picked up didn't fit me. And I was like, there can't, I know there has to be some women that feel this way, like that just will pick up something and be like, oh, damn, this looks really cute and it doesn't fit. Hmm. Which is the other reason I put on my captions when I did my nude photo shoot. I said, clothes were made to hate my body. Hmm. Okay. So again, I I am changing the narrative in that industry as well. Wow. Because, okay. Yeah. So it's it's yeah it's it's a lot that I I have a very very big mission. <laughs> no, but 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 you're working towards it, and that's the main thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, now here you are, you are the CEO of Blackmore Publishing, which with everything else you've done. A writer, author, audiobook narrator, plus size model, and now CEO. Mm-hmm. What is your goal? I mean, because you've already you've got different things going on right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a stretch. What is your goal, and what would you what What do you see Blackmore Publishing as? My publication company is the gap between the self published author and the audiobook realm. Hmm. That's what I see for it. Um, my my main goal with that is my need to keep the creative flow going and to basically keep us, you know, helping authors reach their dream. Because most writers have been silenced in life, and I've, I've come to find that as just a, a general consensus between me and just creative people in general. And it's because I feel that we have been silenced, that the stories that we write and the stories that we create, if I can be a part of that process and get your voice out there, then I've done my part. Hmm. That's awesome. I I remember this brings back a memory when I had told my dad at the end of high school, Mm -hmm. I said, I want to be a writer. And he said, how are you going to pay bills with that, son? And I was like, oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I left and here I am now, like 30, 40 years later. And now here I am back to it because it's always been in me but but you know but that that was that that was a, a situation because unfortunately you know depending on what your family's about and you know the background and stuff sometimes that's not really cultivated in the family unfortunately because i mean saying you want to be a writer is almost like well i want to be an actor you know what i'm saying or i you know something that's creative and even though you know you know that there's you can monetize creativity the average uh, parent or the average person is not going to say, well, you know, you know, how are you going to pay bills with that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. and so a time of time was like, well, okay. Then, you you know, you just kind of put it deep, deep down inside and say, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that when I can. <laughs> and, then, yeah, and, and, and then, and then, and then life gets in the way. So you've been very yep. fortunate. You've been very fortunate where you've been able to stay on point 
and figure out your gifts and you've allowed your light to continue to shine. Trust me, it wasn't until now. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. Honestly, mm -hmm. but any other time before that, my my dad was not supportive of my goals at all at the time. And oh, okay. Again, that was, yeah, so I said at the time, that was just due to the stresses of being homeless. That was due to the stresses of being in the shelter. That was due to all of that stuff, you know, and mm -hmm. him being a drunken alcoholic and him just basically being an asshole to me. Like, mm. he was very abusive to me. So everything that, like I said, led up to this point, I didn't know. The only person that at the time, I want to say, that told me that writing is my gift is my best friend, hmm. Alicia, who I've known her for like damn near 12, 13 years at this point. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But 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 the, but the, believe it or not, I think the best thing is that you believed her. Yeah. Because there's so many people who they're told they're good at something, but they don't really believe it. They just, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, it's just, just yeah. a hobby. Yeah. But you actually believed her and you picked it up and you ran with it. Because if you did, if yeah. you hadn't, you wouldn't be where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I like that. I like that. So do you have any advice for any um, up and coming and aspiring uh, writers or, you know, voice narrators? Or even aspiring plus models? I do. Mm -hmm. And it's a very simple message. Don't quit. Mm. And I'll say this to my writers. Stephen King didn't get to be Stephen King if he quit. Mm. That's, that's not, not how it works. You know, keep writing. Keep asking questions. You know, learn about the industry that, you know, you're trying to be involved in. So, again, if you're not sure, ask somebody. Seek the information. Google is a hell of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. How do you think the, or, or do you think that the way the uh, written industry or the book industry, publishing industry, is now very intertwined with the movie industry? Um, it seems like, you know, every time you look, they're either remaking a book or, you know, or something like that. But um, how do you feel about that? Is that good, bad, and different? For me, the only reason, and again, there's a reason that I say this, is because Hollywood is out of ideas. Hmm. They are. They're out of ideas. And if that wasn't the case, why would you have to remake a book? You know, or why would you have to remake a film or something that was originally a book if that wasn't the case? Hmm. I was, I was yeah, I know. I like, I like what you're saying with that. I was thinking that maybe it's because the lack of, they're afraid if they try to put out anything original, most people will only bother familiar. They like familiarity, whereas an original idea, they take a, a big risk on um, making something that nobody has heard of. That That's always been my thought process. Mm -hmm. But I mean, mm -hmm. I also believe what you're saying, too. They could just be out of ideas and, you know, and, and maybe they just don't trust themselves. You know, it's one thing for a movie to fall down and lose a lot of money. Yeah. And then, you know, most of it is also, you know, you have to consider the, the greed aspect as well. You know, so there's there's not with that there there is an aspect in that realm that is in relation to money, um, and again, money and lack of original ideas. So they have to figure out, well, okay, if I take on this person, am I going to make money out of it? And nine times, and you know, I and I, I can't adequately say, but from what I would think, most of the time, I think they would say no, logically speaking. Mm. 
Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, you nobody wants their career to go up in smoke over a bad idea, and yet it happens every day. <laughs> it happens mm-hmm. happens yeah, every day. Yeah, it happens every day. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, Cornelia, um, in our final moments, I wanted to ask you to give our audience um, some information on how they can get in contact with you. Uh, you know, you you've got so much to offer, and if people wanted to find out about your books, uh, maybe even listen to some of the audiobooks you narrate, or even see, you know, they want to see maybe some of your plus size modeling photos or some of, you know, I mean, how can they do so? Or, you know, especially, or, you know, not, don't forget Blackmore Publications, you know, if they want to find out more about that, how can they do so? Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's, uh, yeah, so I said, I, you already know I have, a, I have a very big, you know, not big, but social media presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you would like to, I don't know, I was going to say, if you want to be friends, chill, chat, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a Facebook, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. All of it is Kate Blackmore 26362. Um, please make sure to add me on Facebook. I am predominantly on Facebook. Then I am Instagram and Please, if anybody charges to run social media accounts, please let me know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm friending. I'm, look, look, I'm, I'm, I'm literally friending you right now. So <laughs> it's important. Support. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, now, and, and so, uh, do you have any future uh, projects you're working on right now that you can talk about? As of right now, where I'm at uh, in my writing, I finished writing the second book of Carmina. So now I have to go back on the first book because I'm, and it's okay. My readers are fine with it. I had a pro- I'm the one that has a problem with it because I'm OCD because I do five rounds of edits. I didn't do my five rounds of edits. Oh, uh, <laughs> bad luck. So, oh, well, you'll do I, it. You you will get to it. <laughs> but yes, yes. I'm going to re-release the first. Well, well, we appreciate.